What we're really trying to do is tell, give business officers a sense of sort of how their peers are thinking about some of the, the common issues they're facing. Welcome to Focus, a podcast dedicated to the business of higher education. I'm your host, Heather Richmond, and we will be exploring the challenges and opportunities facing today's higher learning institutions. In today's show, we caught up with Doug Letterman, editor and co-founder of Inside Higher Ed, to discuss the most recent business officer survey. Thanks for joining us today, Doug. Great to be here. I really appreciate it. Look forward to talking to uh, your folks. Sounds good. Well, I know that Inside Higher Ed does a lot of research each year on what's happening on college campuses. And one study that is always top of mind for us is the business officer survey. So can you take a quick minute to give us an overview on that survey and maybe some of the key points business officers are working on? Sure. Um, so, we, yeah, we started a series of surveys about, I think this is our ninth year, um, and we added them into our daily mix of uh, our news coverage and other things uh, to try to um, provide some uh, sort of national, uh, to try to inject national data into the into the conversation. And so we surveyed business officers as well as presidents, provosts, uh, admissions officers. We just published our survey of the faculty view of technology. Um, and again, all of these things are designed to try to help campus leaders understand at a national level what their peers are thinking about and doing about the common issues and challenges they're wrestling with. Most of you listening may be out there sort of feeling like you're kind of on your own little island. And uh, I think it's helpful for people to know that their problems are, are similar uh, and that there may be solutions out there. So in this survey in particular, we survey uh, uh, and, and there's some, um, we had about four, a little over 400 uh, business officers participate this year, nationally representative sample, and we asked them a set of questions. Some of them are, are things that we ask over time and some of them are new to try to take their pulse on, on kind of what's uh, top of mind. And so um, we asked, uh, we have this sort of set of questions that we ask each year about their sort of confidence level, about the confidence in their financial outlook over a five and 10 year period. Um, and interestingly, there was a, an, a, a a nice increase in confidence in the near term, like about the five-year outlook to 63% up from 56%, and then some, and then basically stable, flat at about half of business officers confident over a decade. But you sort of have to peel down, to go down a layer, and at the sector level, really significant differences. Uh, public masters and baccalaureate uh, institutions, sort of the non-flagship public universities, um, big drop in, in their uh, confidence, it, sort of agreeing with my, uh, I'm confident my institution will be uh, financially sustainable over a decade or financially stable, um, down to 28% from 52%, so like a really oh, significant wow. drop. And then private four-year colleges had been at um, 44% last year. They sort of shot up to 56% this year. Those are the sort of liberal arts colleges that everybody's talking about and that we're seeing some number of them close. So that's kind of a really interesting sort of just, it's our, our, the closest thing we have to a consumer confidence survey of, of we ask some somewhat similar questions of other leaders, uh, presidents and others, and business officers tend to be the most uh, I don't know, pessimistic, most cautious and, and conservative. And, and then we just asked a, a slew of other questions, and, and we, we'll probably talk about some of them, but we asked about mergers, we asked about um, 
the the coming the likelihood of a coming recession and how uh, how much impact places uh, people expected how well prepared they thought their institutions were for so there's a whole set of questions uh, and what we're again what we're really trying to do is tell give business officers a sense of sort of how their peers are thinking about some of the the common issues they're facing. Yeah, that's great. And it's a good way to get that data and information uh, in, in that way. So I know the cost of college, college debt, and the return on investment are really hot topics today. Can you share how business officers and college administrators are addressing these concerns? Sure. So it, it's actually, it, it's, a, it's absolutely sort of a primary um, topic, and, and especially because it is, um, I mean, we are in an era I fully believe that we have entered an era of constrained resources in most institutions, whether they're public or private, are sort of operating. Are, there may be the occasional governor here or there who, who throws a bunch of money at higher education or uh, some you know, donors and everybody's out raising money. And there will continue to be money flowing into colleges and universities. But I think in general, most institutions are going to be operating um, especially given the demographics, which is a, a major issue uh, uh, sort of in, in the sites of higher education in terms of, you know, traditional, the, the number of traditional age students in many states is, is declining or will be declining over the next decade and colleges. So, so there's, a, there's enrollment challenges and there are financial challenges. So what we are trying, and so, so there is a, and there's a whole other set of issues on the other side about sort of people questioning um, whether colleges are priced too high and questioning particularly the value that they're getting. And so basically what institutions are, are sort of trying to figure out is how to, um, there's, a, there's a public perception case that some of them feel like they want to make and that they want to they need to do a better job making the case that they that the that their degrees have value and that they are providing value to their students there are also some some actual tactical financial decisions can we lower tuition we're seeing a bunch of institutions reset their tuition uh, to, to a lower price point this is particularly on the private college side on the public college side we're much more seeing freezes than than resets the resets involve private colleges mostly sort of saying we've set our tuition at 50,000 hardly anybody's paying that so we're gonna cut it to 35,000 and make it sort of more real uh, the, the, the the sticker price more real with what people are actually paying um, there is a lot of discussion about we are seeing more interest we have historically seen more interest from administrators on trying to increase revenue than to cut costs. And I'm, I'm differentiating between cost and price here. Price is obviously what students get charged, students or families get charged. Cost is what the institutions have to spend to deliver the education. And cutting costs is hard, especially in an enterprise like higher education where the vast majority of most colleges' budgets are made up of people. So it's hard to cut costs without cutting into jobs and, and eliminating positions or or you know, pulling back. So, so there's a lot more interest right now in um, there's experimentation going on in, in being more effective and, and, and efficient. There are places doing a lot of things with energy and increasing sort of some increasing use of shared services and uh, with technology and other in other realms. But those are those tend to be pretty hard. They require a kind of institutional change that can be difficult. So we're seeing a lot more focus, I would say, by 
aid business officers and particularly by uh, other camp by presidents and provosts on trying to increase revenues by finding new new sources of revenue or or, or, in, or juice enrollment in various ways. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. And you do have to look at different places, right? So what types of revenue sources are these college administrators looking to expand or introduce into? Um, well, we gave them uh, we gave them a list. We asked specifically about sort of how well, what kinds of um, where they were turning for. Actually, before I, uh, the one thing I wanted to add on before we do that on, on the cutting costs, we did ask. There is a seems to be at least attitudinally, presidents or business officers, business officers being more open to the idea that they can cut costs without hurting without really hurting the quality. And that's obviously a, a, a longstanding tension in higher education is sort of, can you, can you continue to do what you want um, without, by spending less? And this year, for the, for the last two years, 42 per, only the number of business officers saying that they could, um, uh, disagreeing with the idea that they could cut make additional and significant spending cuts without hurting quality drop significantly. So more business officers agreeing or fewer disagreeing that they can cut costs um, without hurting quality. So there is some seems to be a little more uh, willingness to entertain the possibility of cutting costs. So anyway, on the revenue side, which is what you specifically asked about, uh, most when people are talking about sort of, we asked many, we said, my institution sees the most promise in which of these potential alternatives revenue sources. And we asked, uh, we gave them a list. And the top uh, choice by, by a good bit was alternative credentials, certificates, non-credit certifications. And, um, and I think that's going to be an area where I think we see a lot of activity. Um, we're doing a, a, an event here in D.C. tomorrow about sort of the state of master's level education, graduate education. And we're seeing a lot of activity there by people sort of coming up with shorter term um, credentials of various kinds, w- recognizing that um, particularly for people who are sort of focused on uh, workplace advancement, which is where a lot of people, a lot of people's interest in higher education comes, um, places are looking for sort of shorter, faster, less expensive um, ways to get people some kind of credential that will uh, help them either get a job or get a promotion or advance in their career in one way. So, um, and some of that, a lot of that is enabled by technology, sort of the shortening of the credential, the, the chunking of the curriculum. The next area where people are, saw promise was in creating programs for new audiences, uh, senior citizens and, and other realms. Uh, expand, for, uh, just about half of respondents said that they were looking at that. Uh, expanded use of facilities, uh, about Four in ten business officers said that a lot. You drop pretty far down to outsourcing. We also asked about, um, and only one in five business officers said that they thought they would go in that direction. Um, so you know, there's there's I think a lot of searching around for for new um, new forms of revenue, but I'm not sure there's a ton of easy answers out there. I think most institutions are going to remain pretty dependent on tuition and fundraising and on the public side. Um, uh, state funding. Right. I know a lot of the schools that uh, we talk to, again, they're looking for those unique revenue sources or how do they look a little bit differently. And so I say for any of these schools that are looking for these alternatives, um, how are they determining what to pursue? Or there's all these ideas, but how do you put those into reality? Yeah. Well, listen, this is a 
higher education is an enterprise that historically has changed pretty slowly. And uh, it gets a lot of criticism for that uh, in some quarters. And people say, oh, uh, we've got to move faster. Listen, I think most institutions do need to sort of change how they make decisions and and but I'm I just want to be sort of I'm a, I'm a little bit of a, a I want to be a little cautionary about um, I'm not sure fast change is necessarily uh, the best change. So I, I well, I, well, I think there are I think there's no question that higher education institutions in general probably need to sort of speed up the pace at which they experiment and adapt and adopt new things. I think it should be done that way through experimentation and rather than sort of um, and, and sort of measured and thoughtful uh, analysis than by sort of rash uh, adoption. So what, what I think we are seeing that is heartening, we asked several questions in the survey that are designed to um, to sort of get at that, um, and among them, we we well, we asked one new question that I thought was pretty interesting was about sort of the culture of decision making, and um, only 38% of business officers say that their colleges have the quote right mindset to respond quickly to needed changes. Uh, 38% agreed, as I said, about 30% disagreed, and then the rest were kind of in between. Um, we also asked whether they had their institutions had the right tools and processes to respond to needed changes, and it was roughly similar there. About a third, thirty, little over a third, thirty-five percent agreed, and twenty-nine percent disagreed. So, pretty a lot of division or, or uncertainty about whether these business officers felt that their institutions had sort of the tools and the mindset to to make changes and to consider really significantly new ways of doing things. In terms of um, the other sort of area that we asked about, though, when it comes to sort of how decisions are made was about the use of data to uh, to sort of drive decision making and whether uh, business officers felt that they had uh, the right the right data to uh, to make informed decisions, because there's obviously a lot of talk uh, in higher education and elsewhere about sort of data-informed decision-making. And, um, and, and so basically what's, I don't know, probably a little concerning is that on there were very few things that the business officers felt they had sufficient information on. About 54% either agreed or strongly agreed that their college has the necessary information to decide which academic program should be eliminated or enhanced. And a little over half said the college had the needed information to make decisions about the efficacy and the, you know, the, the value of specific academic programs and majors. But on everything else, uh, that we asked about uh, performance of, of, of technology on the, both the administrative and academic side, performance of specific administrative units, um, minority of respondents agreed that they had the right data. So we're still a pretty long way away, I think, from people feeling like they have either the data or the tools or the mindset to sort of adapt in a in a very fast changing environment uh, as much as they'd like and so that's that's something that places need to clearly work on
Yeah, that, that's interesting. And in, in, in terms of data, because I know that gets kind of tossed around a lot, did, was there any specifics on the type of data that they're looking at? They're looking at student engagement data, uh, data from systems. Was there any clarity on well, that? Well, not in, not in this survey, but I mean, from, from our coverage generally, we are... Um, I mean, the biggest, as I said, if I, if I were to sort of list the biggest pressures on colleges right now is, I mean, there's obviously a set of financial uh, pressures. Um, and I actually think the CFOs probably have pretty good information about sort of, uh, well, there's, there's some data in here that are a little concerning about how far ahead they're planning and whether they are uh, budgeting sort of over a long enough horizon. But I think I would say right now, most of the focus in higher education, I would say, is on student success data of various kinds. Um, I think most institutions have recognized, the, at least rhetorically, um, whether maybe not as much in action, but have recognized that it's a lot um, easier and more cost-effective to keep the students you have than to constantly try and enroll new ones. And so, and there's also a lot of external pressure on institutions to sort of shift from an era uh, where sort of student success was kind of the student's problem. Um, it's very much now the institution's problem. And it's the entire institution's problem. It's the faculty's problem, not just the uh, 10 or 20 or 50 people in the uh, academic success unit of the administration. And so I think there's a, a lot more focus now on understanding where students are, are getting waylaid in the in the in, in progressing through uh, their institutions and and so and on retaining students and there's a lot of activity that, and and the challenging thing I think for most institutions is figuring out kind of what's working and that's an area where you know if you're doing ten different things to try and imp- increase student success and you have and you show some success figuring out which things actually brought that success about can be challenging, but that's a better problem to have than to see to, to see that students aren't getting better and that your success that students aren't becoming more successful. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously there's a lot of change happening in higher ed right now, as you mentioned, from student expectations to new technologies to really that overall experience both inside and outside the classroom. So do you think today's college leaders are ready to respond quickly to these needed changes? Um, uh, no, probably not. Uh, and actually, our survey of presidents, uh, I think, which we published back in March, um, showed that even the presidents don't necessarily think that they're well prepared on certain, and, and actually the survey of provosts that we do ask similar questions. And there are areas where they really don't feel well prepared, um, some more than others. Um, we also are seeing, I mean, I think higher education has to do a much better job Uh, of preparing future leaders. We have a very significant graying of the the college presidency and I think the business officers, I I haven't looked, I have to look back at our survey this year, but I think, you know, we had a really significant, the business officers actually, I can, um, yeah, uh, 75% of the business officers who responded to our survey were over 50, Uh, 30% were over 60. so this, these, there's a whole lot of, of, of uh, experience, but that also means um, people who were sort of uh, baked in a different era and not accustomed to 
this pace of change. And so I think there's, I mean, and there are some phenomenal leaders in higher education, but um, I think we're sort of on the cusp of a of a generational shift. We sort of need to be because basically there's a whole lot of presidents and other senior leaders poised to retire. And, I'm, and higher education has not historically done a fantastic job of preparing next generation leaders. And, and so some of the things, you know, in our survey of, I can't remember if it was provost or presidents, but they felt least prepared for um, digital learning and the digital era. And that's kind of a problem given that that's the era that we are in and right. uh, that is take, taking more charge, taking more uh, hold. So, um, so I think, listen, I think institutions, I, I think leadership is enormously important. And I think the sort of difference between institutions that thrive and those that uh, don't do so well in the next decade is increasingly going to be decided by how well they're led. That's partly by the administration, by the administrators. It's also by the boards. So there's a whole lot of factors. These are very complex institutions. And, um, you know, I think leadership is hugely important. And I think higher education absolutely needs to do a better job preparing people for leadership. Um, we see a lot of institutions turning to people outside higher education, um, which obviously can be a, a effective way of doing things, but it's, um, I don't know, I, I think it's pretty also pretty risky because people don't understand the culture. So this is definitely a an issue that, that uh, the people who boards particularly are going to have to focus on. Absolutely. I know we see that a lot. Of, as you said, there's a transition and shift. A lot of folks who are retiring and they're having bringing up new leadership and, and needing to really learn the culture, but learning new technologies, a new way of doing business. And I know we talked before looking at really technologies and are those, is that what's going to be leading the change or is it really this leadership in your opinion? Um, I see. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's listen, technology. Everything colleges do in one way or another is going to be increasingly influenced by technology. But to me, it's that's a technology remains mostly in most cases a tool. It's not and, and a medium. Uh, it's, it, on the academic side, it's a mode of delivery. On the administrative and other sides, it's it can be a, a, a source of efficiency. Um, but I think that um, institu- the sort of the core things that colleges do might be improved by technology and probably will be improved in most ways by technology, but the core things are really where the institutions need to focus. Technology can enable and technology can, as I said, it can, it can speed up. It can, uh, it can spread, it can broaden the reach of institutions, et cetera. But in terms of whether institutions do things well and are effective and are uh, ethical and are all the things that you want your institutions to be, that's increasingly going to be about leadership. So, Obviously, leaders need to understand the environment they're operating in, and technology is going to be increasingly an an element of that environment. But I don't think it's like if I were to tell uh, a would-be president, you know, focus on one thing. I don't. It, it wouldn't be understanding technology. It would be um, understanding the mission of your institution and how you can best achieve it and increasingly recognizing that technology is probably going to be part of how you achieve it. 
Absolutely. And I, I like that you say that technology is really the tool. And as with any tool, it's only as good as how you use it. So just bringing technology on, you need to make sure you have the plan and strategy in terms of how to best fit uh, your institution. A hundred percent. Yeah. So Doug, are there, is there anything else our listeners need to know about or be prepared for this coming year based upon the survey results and where you, you know, really see the environment in higher education? Um, well, I, I, I think, I think there's a um, pretty significant likelihood that we end up uh, I'm not a, 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 a force a, a you know a, a, I'm not somebody who predicts the future, but I think most of the most of the stuff I read envisions a, a, a possible, if not likely, recession in sometime later this year, um, and I think that's going to have potential uh, impact on how institutions do. Uh, achieve their missions. We 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 asked in the survey about 45% of our respondents expected a recession in this uh, in 20 uh, in the next sort of in 2020 by uh, and 36% weren't sure. Um, about 59% were worried about the impact, and only 17% said they they weren't worried about it. And about 55% thought they would be better prepared for a recession than they were in 20 in, in 2008, and 17% thought they wouldn't. So I think that's one thing that's probably sort of on the horizon, and it will probably affect institutions. What's interesting is that the way higher education has historically worked, a recession could actually be good for, for institutions in certain ways, because higher education is counter-cyclical, and people who are, particularly those who are sort of on the, who are focused mostly on higher education for what it will do for them professionally um, tend to veer back into to get more education when there's a bad economy um, versus taking a job when it's available. So there are ways in which higher, uh, a recession could actually help the higher education enrollment picture. But, you know, there are a whole bunch of other ways where it could have a pretty negative impact. So that's just a, an area of uncertainty that I think is ahead. Um, and then I think the, the sort of other area that I think is just increasingly a focus for and has to be a focus for everybody is on sort of equity of access and 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 success in higher education there's a lot more attention being paid to how well whether colleges are are sort of serving the uh increasing uh segments of our society that have historically been that that are growing and that are also the ones that higher education has served least well over time um adult students and and um and veterans and and uh, those from certain underrepresented minority groups, and those are the populations that are growing at a time when overall higher education enrollments are likely to flatten or fall. So, colleges are that's sort of just a big issue, sort of hanging out there. And um, I think it's an area that a lot of most colleges have work to do. So I also want to thank TouchNet uh, for having supported this survey. Uh, that was uh, we, we, it's very difficult for us to do the kinds of research that that we hope we provide to the higher education market without support from uh, great partners like like TouchNet. So I appreciate that. Great. Well, I appreciate that, too. And I was just going to say that listeners can read the full survey results on our website at TouchNet.com in our Knowledge Center. Again, thank you very much, Doug, and have a great day. You bet. You too. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Focus. Don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date on the business of higher education. For more information, check us out at touchnet.com.